All right, welcome to another episode of the Money Mitch Effect. Mitch Michaels here. Thank you, everyone, for joining this sports podcast. We have quite a bit to talk about late March and, yeah, pretty much every sport to discuss. It's uh, one of those weird times. Got my guy Joe Crisali joining me, Joe, from the Pacific Northwest. And uh, hard to believe, but uh, baseball was like the first thing on each of our minds last night. It's kind of, it takes a lot to get me into baseball in the month of March, but... USA yeah. falls short to Japan in an epic game in the World Baseball Classic final, but pretty dramatic from start to finish, including those semifinal games. They pro- they really got us going. They did, man. I mean, I I wasn't necessarily anticipating, you know, like playoff caliber excitement type baseball in March, but when you get it like that, it's it's just so awesome to watch and to see all of the uh, fandom and all the countries cheering their teams on and even the players saying that it means more to them than playing in the league you know it's it's awesome and then you get that matchup mm-hmm. that dream darling matchup for you know bottom of the ninth or top of the ninth two outs trout otani like what's better than that i mean that was just the whole tournament itself was just insane and the fact that we got japan usa at the end yeah that was that was that was awesome yeah, hard to believe that it came down to that exact moment between two angels, uh, two generational players. Uh, also, very predictable, right, of all the things in the game that Schwarber just demolished you, Darvish. Like, I feel like people were joking yeah. about that before the game even started. So it was good. Japan wins their third World Baseball Classic. They won the inaugural one. They've won, you know, now three of these things. I would like to see some better, uh, I guess, I think it's safe to say pitchers on the American roster. Maybe that'd be my critique of uh, trying to get guys to play. They're, it's just hard because they're still ramping up the season. So, and that's I mean, the, yeah, that's the question then. So do you think that – because I like the action, and I was like you. like I wasn't expecting to be into the games as much and see high-quality game. But do you think there's a better spot on the calendar to play this tournament? I mean, where, if possible, where else could you put this thing? I mean – Honestly, if they put it during the, if they extended the All Star break, that would probably be better, you mm. know, because everything kind of yeah. ramped up and like an Olympic break or something, like what yeah, hockey yeah, does like, with that, yeah. Exactly, like it's like I was reading something that said they should throw it at the end of the season, but those guys they're burned out, they're yeah. tired, they're burned out. So it's you're either getting them in March when they're not ready, or you're getting them when they're tired out. I think if you can find space to throw it in the middle, that would just make it that much better um but yeah like you said it's it's weird not seeing you know all of the top players out there like you know and u.s doesn't have the grom or scherzer like it could be even crazier than it is yeah. if it was changed yeah. so that they weren't it's also scary to see like otani's out there you know in in march throwing 100 miles an hour like is should he be doing that like how does that feel throughout his that you know right down right season but yeah. you got to believe that these guys like baseball is their life that they're always ready that they're ready to go like who's to say otani isn't throwing bullpens mm-hmm. you know year round yeah yeah i mean but, baseball is a sport where it's not like football or hockey where you're not really gonna you know you're not having contact with other players like you don't have to really worry necessarily of the physical toll and otani just wants to play for his national team and you know, the Angels, <laughs> I, they don't want to upset him at all. So they're, if that's what he wants to do, he's going to do it because that's the status he has in the game. So I was I was excited. Yeah, you're, yeah. 
your your joke of now they get to go play 162 <laughs> meters in Anaheim <laughs> just sent me. Yeah, I mean it's Trout and Otani. Look, it's it's just I mean we've we've made enough jokes about that, but you have two of maybe the two generational players of their era, and they have not won a playoff game. So baseball is a tough sport, man. It shows you how one person, even two people, don't make an impact. But uh, props to uh, Japan for winning. It was an exciting game. Got us in the mood for baseball season. Uh, before we get to some of the other stuff, Joe, I do want to mention March Madness because we're right in the thick of it and how I think that's kind of not our game. Like we got to, you know, we might be gamblers, but not March Madness gamblers because it's been rough for the both of us. Yeah, I mean, I I have a I have a niche of uh, betting random obscure college basketball games. I'm talking like, you know, I'm betting Central Connecticut versus oh, yeah. Mary looking at stuff like that, but like, so I thought I had a good, you know, angle coming in and looking at these games and doing my regular comparisons for spreads and all that. Yeah. And uh, I was I went through it and I made all the picks and I felt really good about it. And then, like every year, it's just here. Here we are. I already am missing one of my teams in the final, and I'm almost in last place. It's really upsetting when you're just behind people yeah. in a in cool that don't even watch anything. So, so I think next year I'm just gonna take the high road and just close my eyes and that's how I'm going to do it's so funny because in in our uh, little in my little family pool we fill out just bracket just for the fun of it with some very meager rewards on the line but we've started with my parents new dog just filling out a pool for her and she's originally from Michigan so it's just the school that's closest to Michigan and uh, she's not in last place right now which is the funniest thing that there could be But you mentioned you mentioned you mentioned Merrimack. By the way, they should get the assist for the uh, you know FDU Purdue upset because that should have been their spot, but they weren't eligible. They yeah, they should. That was. I mean, there's so much extra little storyline that goes into like every little game. That it, one. That one definitely. Was that's the worst loss. That that is. I mean, FDU's all due respect. They won the game. They kept it close in the second one. They're the worst team to probably even make March Madness. <laughs> like if you break down yeah. like the records. Purdue, funny, man, that's just, I mean, that's tough to I come bet, over. Towards the end of their uh, season, I bet one of their games. Uh, let's see. The Knights, yeah, that's them. Mm. I bet that. It was, it was, uh, oh, it was Wagner. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, Merrimack, but they're in, the, they're in the same conference there. Yeah. They won me some money, fairly Dickinson. Yeah. A couple weeks, like a month or so ago, but they're not, they didn't win anybody any money this year. I'm so just. Far in the I'm starting to realize too that sometimes, I mean, like I don't want to say the shadiest coaches, but sometimes you get rid of a coach that has some baggage. You bring in a quote-unquote good guy, and it just seems like it doesn't work out. I mean, Arizona, that's you know two straight years of winning the conference tournament and then kind of having a, a subpar March. Princeton knocks them off and goes to the Sweet Sixteen, Princeton, which was yeah, that was a shock. Yeah, like it was. This, that was you're crazy. You're looking at the comparison. You're looking at the levels of you know like points scored assists rebounds blocks like how they match up and all that and princeton was i mean on paper gonna get destroyed they beat game. down missouri too like they didn't it, they weren't one and done and that second game wasn't a fluke like they beat them down so what I mean, is with was, these jersey schools man i know I don't get keeping it going in jersey i guess you feeling good about uconn though actually i Right now, I'm I'm thinking that they're going to win the tournament. <laughs> okay, there we go again. <laughs> My, I mean, look look at look at 
they, I mean, Arkansas is a tough matchup. Well, that's the thing. The so, like, I think they. Well, I actually think that their region, their final, their their region is the toughest. But I think that UCLA Gonzaga is going to be such a war that they kind of got obviously fortunate that Kansas got knocked out by Arkansas yep. with Musselman because they avoided that. Which, by the way, and I hope Bill Self's okay and recovers and, and everything. Uh, but I feel like that's a game that they probably win if he's there because it came down to it, and I just feel like that's one where I do think coaching would have mattered. Yeah, no, totally. But like you said, the fact that Kansas got eliminated there—that was—I mean, that was, I was telling all my buddies that we all went to UConn. I was just like, man, it's gonna be tough. We're gonna have to get through Kansas, and then they lose to our Kansas, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. now I, I like you said, the Gonzaga UCLA game is gonna be nuts. And whoever comes out of that is going to be a tough beat for UConn. But I think, you know, like, why not? Can you believe? Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say the last time that multiple one seeds were out before Uh uh, that last round, UConn won the championship. That's true. I was going to say, can you believe we're doing this, what, 17 years to to the round? UCLA, Gonzaga, and the Sweet 16? I know. Remember what happened the last time those two teams played? Adam Morrison was crying all over the court but it was it actually was a great game and it was one Gonzaga should have won and UCLA just full-on stole in route to their first final uh, first final four of a couple in a row but that's exciting and I you know UConn's opportunity it's the same thing for Tennessee because Purdue gets knocked out they yep. get Florida Atlantic in the next round and I now mean, everybody and, hates and Florida Atlantic for I think some it's reason. yeah I think it's what <laughs> it's Michigan State Kansas State I think in the of that region if i have it right so yep. this is yep. i mean rick barnes tennessee this is your chance <laughs> you know if you can't do it now when it is it, it definitely is and i i didn't have tennessee making it to where they are now i mean and i had elite off- eight that was one of the few good picks i had was elite eight but now i'm like i wish it was final four but it does feel like this is the tom Izzo special right seven seed final four <laughs> it really does i and I've watched I've watched actually a couple Kansas State games this year. I don't really know how that's happened, but I just their brand of basketball to me is just not winning basketball. And them against Michigan State, I mean, I, I honestly I think Michigan State's going to take that that's game. A good and we're point. Gonna do Michigan State, Tennessee. I mean, Kansas State's more of like a defensive minded, can't really score, shoot wow. type team. So you know, yeah, yeah. I think Tennessee, Tennessee could be the one advancing here. So Kansas, so Kansas State beats Kentucky, and it was kind of an ugly game at the end. There were some questionable calls. Kentucky wasn't great all year. They did actually, I thought, a good job to even get this far because there was a time yeah. when they weren't even going to make the tournament. So I thought they, they kind of showed resolve there. If we get Kansas, I was just thinking, if we get Michigan State, Tennessee in the Elite Eight, that was a game, that was Tennessee's Elite Eight years ago, and that was a game I actually attended when I was in college when it was like the mm. same thing, like a five seed versus seven, and Michigan State just... It's Tom Izzo, like he just figures out these games when there's no good teams. So I yeah. just, whatever happens, Joe, I think the basketball gods, and that's all I'll say, I just don't want Bama to win. I feel like if karma and sports is a real they thing, can't. they will not win the title. <laughs> they can't. They, they absolutely can't. And I think as it gets closer, as it gets closer and closer to the Final Four, and if they keep advancing, that <laughs> noise and chatter about, you know, the I mean, cards and all honestly, that stuff they're, is going to get louder. They're the only team that I feel that way for. Like, if anybody else won, I'd be like, ah, even if it's somebody I'm not crazy about, it's like, whatever. But Bama's the only team I'm, like, actively rooting against. I mean, if they have, a, they have an active player on the floor who provided a murder weapon and got no repercussions for it, yeah. and they're kind of confusing him. So, I mean, I don't think anybody wants them to advance, except for the people that get them to win the, the whole hey, thing. 
Props to Nick Saban, man. I've never been a bigger fan of his than yesterday because that was, I don't know if you saw the press conference, that was a direct shot at his school's basketball coach. When he suspended, he suspended a player for DUI and he used the phrase, there is no such thing as wrong place, wrong time, which sounds yeah. pretty direct to me. Absolute roast job. Gross job. Uh, that's some good March Madness talk here with Joe Crisali. I want to talk about you know football and hockey before we send John your way. Um, let's start with hockey because there's a lot to dive into with that. And uh, you know, last night's game notwithstanding, your Rangers are making pushes. The East is just such a, a war zone, and I oh. mean this in the right way. I mean this is it's chaos, right? Like I don't, I don't, I don't even know. Yeah, go ahead. I don't, I don't even know if there's any any one to eight matchup. Like all. Six teams that are in the division slots appear deadly and ready to go. Every every single matchup that we're going to have in the playoffs from the East is going to be insane. I mean, you're going to get the the uh, Devils Rangers matchup that you were hoping for, oh, and it's not even that. Like the wild card teams, you know, Pittsburgh's out right now, but they're only one point back from Florida. Your Islanders are back in there, um, <laughs> and <laughs> and honestly, yeah. like Boston. I mean, Boston's great, but They've lost a couple uh, the last few. I mean, they lost the two games in a row they, to Detroit and Chicago, which is kind of just totally insane for them. Um, but, you know, full season may be catching up to them, and they're kind of hopefully slowing down as we get into the playoffs here. But every game, I mean, the Rangers' Hurricanes uh, game last night was just yeah. playoff hockey from here on out. It now, was. Last month and a half of the season, you know, the Rangers were up 2-1. They, but you're just looking at this Rangers team. I'm, I'm just so optimistic that, you know, all of the additions and how deep that they've made, how deep Jury has been able to make this team, and with the acquisitions and the signings, and yeah, uh, now they're they're healthy. So you know, they faltered a little bit there when they were in yeah. those little trade scenarios, and you know they couldn't dress a bunch of people. Lindgren was out, uh, Miller was out. You know, they're missing some of their top top dudes and they were depending too much on new acquisitions to come in and just dominate like Kane and I man I've seen a couple defensive plays of his and dear god yeah but, well um, a couple couple I like, things I wanted to just get to and one being that the Devils lost in the OT last night as well into the wild in just an insane game they're actually they do have a chance with the Hurricanes but they are two points behind with two games extra played Carolina actually staying at the top of that division, given some of the injuries and not getting aggressive, has been has been kind of impre- impressive with Freddie Anderson playing well. I think the Rangers are locked into that three seed, but I'm with you on the optimism because I see a team that's kind of like a chameleon. They can play high scoring, they can play low scoring. I don't really take yeah. too much out of the you know you do what you're supposed to do against bad teams, right? And the Penguins, for all intents and purposes, aren't a good team right now. They're not making the playoffs. We're gonna most, I mean. I would put some serious money on it's going to be Panthers and Islanders in those wild card spots, just given where the Penguins have gone. I hate to count out Sidney Crosby, but the roster around them is just not good, and they just haven't built you know around their star players. So you're looking at Kane, you're looking at Hurricanes probably taking on the Islanders first round, heck of a series. Devils, Rangers, Lightning, Leafs, which we know all too well, and then Bruins against the Panthers, which would be. You know, I think Matthew Kachuk's going to be an MVP finalist this year, the way he's playing. So that could be, you know, something at least. And the Panthers, I mean, they've they've only got three losses in the month of March so far, and yeah. you know they're kind of picking it, picking the boxes as they move forward. Like yeah. they're looking at like Sam Reinhardt didn't have a great 
you know, season up to this point, but he's kind of turned it around for them, which has kind of been a game changer. Um, <laughs> but like what you're saying about the wild over there in the West, um, Dude, the West too, man, Gustafson uh, is, you know, shutting it down for them. They, I don't necessarily think that they were, you know, anticipating him being the number one going there at only 24 years old because they had flurry, but he's kind of stepped into his own. He's got a couple shutouts lately. Um, and Minnesota is, is way more of a dangerous team out there than I think that they're giving credit for. But I want to go back to we were talking about the Rangers where they're just, you know, beating beating the teams that they need to beat. Those two back-to-back games, seven shutout, six so shutout, yeah. you know, from last play the second game. Yeah. Goal is, is a six full shutout. I mean, that's, that's a good look. Especially going into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, it is, and it's just funny because we were talking about the Panthers, and you know, we're like, "Wow, Kachuk's having a great season. He's an MVP finalist." It's the only bait we have left because we can't debate who the MVP is, so we have to figure out who's going to be finalist. Yeah, <laughs> 136 points for McDavid and counting with 58 goals. So he's going to win his yeah. first Richard. He's going to win his first Richard Trophy for most goals. He's got 30 yeah. more points than his teammate who's in second place and uh, in just remarkable stuff. And Edmonton, I think, actually is rounding into form in the West where you have Knights and Kings at the top of the division. But Edmonton in that yeah. three spot, eight and two in their last 10. Right now, and I'm telling you this from the West Coast perspective, you kind of know with Seattle being around in the playoff mill, but the Kings and Knights are furiously racing for the division so they don't have to play Edmonton in the first round. Yeah, Edmonton is, is a fierce squad they can they can put up some points and we we've seen it from them pretty much year year round i mean how often how many times do we have to say they have Connor mcdavid on their team you know and I joyce seidel too i mean 100 points i know he plays with mcdavid but you still have to produce and they have i think four thirty goal scores so uh, yes mcdavid is amazing but they have other weapons it's it's the back end that's what it all comes down to I mean, 11 games left for the Oilers. They play Arizona twice. They play <laughs> Anaheim twice. They play San Jose twice. Yeah, wow. So, wow, that's actually, I didn't know that. That's, <laughs> I mean, look at that whole division. Even the crack, the Kraken at 85 points, your Seattle Kraken, 6-3-1 and one in their last 10. You know, right now, where are they at? They're at, they're at the, the first wild card spot. They have yep. a pretty good beat on that, you know. With it looks like the teams that are there are pretty much locked in with Jets and Kraken. You could say maybe yep. Nashville can make a move or Calgary, but I doubt it. So, you know, it would take a lot. It would take Seattle a lot. Definitely, Seattle definitely was doing their best to fall out of that position, though. They had a, a yeah. stretch there where everyone yeah. was like, "Okay, like what? What is happening?" <laughs> they got beat at the I mean, buzzer Fe- last February, night too. Yeah, I think right. Yeah, I think they got they beat at the won, buzzer too. They did. And, yeah. They only won four games in February, so you know, not great. And then they just coming off uh, their home stretch against Ottawa and two against Dallas. They lost all three of those games, and then Edmonton came here and beat them. Um, and now they got to go to Nashville for two, Minnesota, but then they got Anaheim, and they play Arizona three times, and they have Chicago. So well, yeah. I feel like Seattle getting to the playoffs is a huge accomplishment regardless. They've done a great job to get to this point, and you never know how this division race is going to shake out. The West, we don't yeah. really know what the series are. We need to know who's going to win the division, who's going to finish as the top wall, a card versus the second. It's pretty fun, and having said that, I would still say if we're setting odds for the betting favorite, 
Colorado's high on my list because here they come, six straight wins. I thought this whole year was about them battling injuries. The West never pulled away from them, and I think they're if they're not the top team that I would put confidence in, they're definitely in the top two. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they've kind of just been sitting there a year <laughs> yeah. for the whole year. They're just kind of just been yeah. sitting in that spot. And I mean, if they're going to make a move, this is the time to make the move. And I know I keep talking about uh, who's playing who down the stretch here, and I don't know how this is possible, but <laughs> Colorado also plays Arizona back to back. They have they got. Two against Arizona, one against Anaheim, two against San Jose, and another against Anaheim. Whoa. And that's their final, what, like 12, 13 games? I well, mean, I have a, yeah, I have a bone to pick with my Columbus Blue Jackets winning a 7 6 game last night against the Capitals. Huh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we know what the deal is, guys, but get with the program, as someone once said to me. But yeah, the tanking is real in the NHL. And, and just to kind of finish off on this with the Eastern Conference, I mean, the Rangers-Devil series should be great. Obviously, we know Leafs lightning. I think the Rangers, if they can get past a, a tricky Devils team that plays good on the road, they do match up pretty well in a seven-game series with Carolina. A Boston Rangers original six conference final would be just phenomenal, I think. I think that's, I think that's what's happening. No worry that Boston uh, gets tripped up. President's Trophy curse, not playing meaningful games in a while. Any worry there? I mean, I'm I'm not worried for them, <laughs> but yeah. I'm hoping that 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 it catches up to them when the Rangers play them in the conference final. Yeah, any any first round worry would be zero percent. Second round, Tampa and the Maple Leafs a little bit more. I think Tampa is definitely feeling the wear and tear of three straight finals runs or runs to the to the series, and the Leafs I just don't trust, especially against Boston. But yeah, let's go original six. I mean, it's a it was great. We got like twelve games left, ten to twelve games left for these teams. It's a, a lot happening, so I'm loving it, man. Yep. Can't it, wait. It, we're down. We're we're down to it now. Oh my god, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be so good. All right, uh, last thing before I let you go, Joe Crisali, NFL free agency, draft day trades, everything. Um, Aaron Rodgers looks like he's gonna be a Jet, so we got to get ready for that. Another, and the AFC quarterbacks are just what four times better than the NFC now. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. I mean, it, it's it's like we're talking about the NHL here with quarterbacks. But, uh, I mean, I, I don't even think Rodgers going to the Jets makes the Jets a contender or better. Like, Rodgers is old and washed. He's- I'm not – okay, so I, I was thinking about this too. Old Washed at the quarterback position is a very relative term. So if you're saying he's not as good as he once was, I would say, yeah, I would agree with that. But – because there's just maybe, and this is maybe just me not trusting a lot of quarterbacks. I mean, he's still in the top ten. Like, I can't think of nine other quarter, ten other quarterbacks better than him. But like, yes, yeah. if, we're, if we're comparing him to like when he was the best in the league, I would agree with that. You know, but still, it's like better yeah. than Zach Wilson. I get the upgrade, but yeah, it's not like you're getting probably anything close to like world-renowned best. You know, maybe best ever arm, Aaron Rodgers. But you're like. You're getting a, and to me, Aaron Rodgers is like a prissy boy. Like you're getting a, a prima donna at quarterback in York, which yeah. if he doesn't dominate for to start yeah. the season, it's just going to go downhill for him. And I don't know if he's going to be able to handle that backlash that New York provides. Um, but I don't know, man. Like the 
free agency signings and everything, I've been following along. I'm pretty sure we, we're going to see Lamar Jackson in a different uniform this year, which is just I don't I don't understand that at all from Baltimore's standpoint. That, yeah. I don't that, so I don't understand it from their standpoint, Joe. But I understand teams not like the way it works, and you know just as well as I do. To even get him to sign that deal and then forfeit two picks, like it has to be worth it. And I just don't know that. I feel like there's intel. You're only crossing that bridge if you know Lamar's committed to you. And so I don't. I, I feel like that exclusive tag is kind of misleading because from the business side, I don't think it's even realistic that it works out for these teams that could theoretically sign him to offer sheets. The only reason that it's not happening is. 100% because of Deshaun Watson's contract. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, the Browns screw up the market, which, hey, say what you want about us, but we screw up everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they ruined it. Yeah. Deshaun Watson, like, it, it just is even more painful knowing like who Deshaun Watson is as a human being and how it ruined the market for players like MVP Lamar Jackson. And I understand not, you know, shelling out these massive deals for players and stuff with uh, massive guaranteed money, but because it it doesn't work out. Look at Russell Wilson. That's the thing, right? I mean, you you run that risk every time you sign a big contract with years on it. I actually think that, and I don't know, I don't know the Ravens, but if I had to guess, I'd, I'd say that they would take a shorter term, like a three year deal for guaranteed. But it's the years uh-huh. with the it's the years with the guarantee. Because like if Russell Wilson had a three year deal that was fully guaranteed. You'd be saying, well, at least we can move on from this two years from now, you know? But it's yeah, just so fun. many no. years. That's the thing. I'm like, I don't <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's a tough one where he goes and who can make a move. I mean, he's playing the franchise tag, with which Kirk Cousins did. Um, you know, the other thing, Joe, is everything that the Panthers gave up to take the number one pick. Did you think that was yeah. too much? Uh, my God. <laughs> two first, two seconds, and their best offensive player, DJ Moore, for a quarterback that – Year one, what's he going to do in year one? You you traded away your best offensive weapon. Well, who you don't do you think have it's going to be? Like, who do you? Well, let's start there. Who do you think it's going to be? Which quarterback? I mean, the betting favorite is C.J. Stroud right now. Yeah. They had twenty-one people at his pro day. I mm-hmm. mean, the money's on C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. I would be, I wouldn't be shocked if they took Richardson. Uh, if I'm being Oof. honest, yeah. I mean, look at look at you know how teams try to be different first round. Look, Brown took. Baker Mayfield that year when the consent was Sam Darnold. Right. We've already so, made that. We've already talked about the Browns quarterback situation. Yeah, That's fine. But that, but, but I don't actually care about the DJ Moore side of it. I mean, I know he's a good offensive player. That's one thing. I mean, if you're not really going anywhere and you're moving on and going younger, I get that. It's all those picks. That's the thing. Like you're giving away all that draft capital capital and it's not really as surefire of a year as you would think just to move up, you know, to get that guy. So I don't know. We'll see. But the, the other side of this show, you know, is that if it works out, no one will care. Like if C.J. Stroud, if he is the guy or if it's Richardson, becomes a stud right away, no one will care what they gave up. Yeah, nobody, nobody's going to care. But the chance of that happening is, are, is very slim. When do the first overall pick, second overall picks – at quarterback outside of from the you know 70s or 80s yeah. when do they lately when does it work out how about a flip it's side done. how about a flip side though do you think justin fields will end up being the guy i mean you gotta hope so now <laughs> that's what i'm saying like they got a lot of picks it's great and i actually don't disagree with it like you get presented that deal especially like here's the thing 
Justin Fields benefited so much from the fact that there isn't like an Andrew Luck type in this draft. Because if there was a yeah. surefire, you know, five star prospect, they would have taken him, I believe. At QB? Yeah. And traded Fields. I, I think if, I don't know if, if there's a guy that like good, I, I think that was part of what tipped their hand is that this QB class, there's no sure thing. Yeah, that's true. But also, like, at any point, if you're if you have the, that pick and someone is offering you a first round swap, a first round the next year, and a second round in each year, plus an offensive player that will help you, I'm going to take that deal every time. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Fields showed some stuff too, so I do think there's a chance that he could be a guy. It's just, out. but uh, there's you know we're still getting ready for the draft and everything, so there's still a lot of dominoes. Even so, like you got two first round picks. If Justin Fields isn't this amazing superstar quarterback, if he's serviceable, yeah. and you can fill the roster with multiple first round, second round picks, the you know prospect of having a solid defense that can shut it down or, you know, a great line or anything mm-hmm. else to help him win a game. That's all you're going to need. So yeah. it's a great trade for the Bears. I mean, goddamn, Panthers really, <laughs> they really threw all their, their uh, cards in one deck there. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Uh, Joe, last thing before I let you go off, because there was some movements, you know, Derek Carr to the Saints. Um, last thing. How well do you think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to do in Vegas? Uh, and also, well, how, how well do you think he's going to do on the football field, additionally? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about uh, Jimmy there in Vegas reuniting McDaniels. I, I'm hoping it's a complete dumpster fire, just because I hate Josh McDaniels with a burning passion. But um, <laughs> yeah. like you said, Jimmy Garoppolo in Vegas, probably not the best marriage for football purposes. <laughs> No, no. I saw some people that were on the recruiting pitch for him, and uh, it was pretty much what I expected. So, yeah, um, man, it's exciting stuff. I realize that McDaniel's hate still burns deep, and it's probably number one. It's probably number one for you. I mean, maybe not like athlete, but in terms of like former coaches and just anyone in management, it's got to be McDaniel's number one. Yeah, he's he definitely is. Uh number one for me up there. Uh, he came into Denver and just blew that team up because he didn't like Jay Cutler, so and set us back for a little bit. He did. He did. Well, Joe, this has been fun. Always a blast talking to you. Next time we chat, it's going to be NHL playoffs, so we're going to have to get ready, and you're going to have to you know get your sleep in now because it ain't happening during the playoffs, but always appreciate you coming on the Money Mitch Effect. For sure, man. Good talk. That was Joe Crisali on the Money Mitch Effect. We're on all your podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify. Check us out there. And check out the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page as well for some exclusive content. Follow me on Twitter at MoneyMitchM21. And we'll be back next week talking about the Final Four, some NHL storylines, some football, whatever is in the cards. We've got it here on the Money Mitch Effect. I'm Mitch Michaels. Thank you for listening. And keep enjoying sports.